0: You're listening to a podcast of a Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. And again, if you've joined us on Facebook or Instagram uh, in the last um, 20 minutes or so, you're very welcome again to be with us today. And welcome to Grace Church here on McCurtain Street in Cork. Uh, We're totally full throughout the building today. Every single seat and every single space seems to be taken up. if we can see what, uh, how many people have booked in. So it's great to be together and great to be here. It is a bank holiday, but even on a bank holiday, it is a blessing to come around God's Word and to hear and to see what God could say to us. And today I'm going to dive straight in. I'm going to talk about leaving darkness behind. I'm going to begin with a question. How many people here today could honestly say, as a Christian, I'm primarily asking you, that you have seen, Maybe it was from outside, or maybe it was something that you were battling yourself. But you've seen something that was dark or evil, and you know you've had to pray against it. How many people have ever had that experience? I'm not going to call anyone, but just lift up your hands. So that's all. Most people here have had that experience. Can I suggest if you haven't, you will have it. Because everyone who has faith will every now and again come up against a darkness. An evil. And we're going to look at how we can handle that today in the time that we have uh, before we need to close. And if we don't know how to handle darkness or evil, we really will go under. So maybe it's a new person in your workplace and you know there's a darkness or an evil going on. Perhaps it's in your college or school. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's In the wider family, a new partner, or perhaps it's something you're battling within yourself, as many Christians do. So how do we overcome darkness and leave it behind? It's one of the crucial things we need to have in our arsenal of fighting the good fight as a Christian. I'm going to be looking at some verses in Acts chapter 13, which is the book of the early Christian church, written by a guy called Luke. And we're going to go and zoom in on a city called Antioch initially. And this is where God did a mighty work. For the first time ever, people of all races, of all cultures and backgrounds, became equal and served God together. And so you had, if you read it, people who were black. We had a guy called Simeon Niger. He was one of the leaders there. You had people who were Jewish. And then you had Greeks And you had people from France, and you had people from the Mediterranean. It was a real mix of people, and they knew they were all equal before God. And as they gathered together, God did something powerful there, and the church really grew and was anointed. And so as we zoom in on this uh, portion of the Bible, they were all worshiping God together, singing praise like you were just doing a while ago. And in the middle of that, God began to move by his Holy Spirit. So I pray as we read your word now, God, you would feed our souls, challenge us if we need it, give us hope and peace if that's what we need. May your word minister minister to us. By faith we pray. Amen. Paul and Barnabas were sent out by the Holy Spirit and the church at Antioch to preach the gospel. They sailed to Cyprus, and the ruler in Cyprus was an intelligent man, and his name was Sergius. And he asked Paul to explain God's word more, sorry, he asked to explain God's word more to him, however, or but, one of his advisors was called Elmas and he was a sorcerer or a witch. And he was opposed and he opposed Paul and tried to turn, him, uh, turn the ruler away from the faith. But Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked at him intensely and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all that is right, you were are full of wickedness and deceit. Stop trying to twist the word of God. Because the hand of the Lord is against you. And you will be blind for a season. Immediately he became blind. He could not see. Then Sergius the ruler believed in Jesus. When he saw what had happened. And he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So here we see that Paul and Barnabas... Um, were sent out by the Holy Spirit and the church to preach the gospel and they sailed to Cyprus, the island of Cyprus. We're told that when they were part of the church at Antioch, first of all, the Holy Spirit spoke and then the church agreed with it. What happened there? That means there was prophetic words, prophecies. We know when we read earlier on that some of the guys in Antioch had the ministry of being a prophet. they would have prophesied this. And hearing this then, Paul and Barnabas would have submitted that word to the leadership of the church. And they would have fasted, we're told, and prayed to see if this prophecy really was from God or was it just a human thing. And so the governmental authority in the church, the leadership, confirmed this is God's word. If you're ever seeking God's will in your life, and you get some type of prophetic word or scripture, isn't it much better to get that confirmed rather than just go out on that alone? If you're ever making a big decision, make sure you test anything you sense yourself because that way you can really be confident facing your future. And that's exactly what Paul and Barnabas did. They had the word confirmed and so they were sent out by the church. This is the pattern of the New Testament. You don't read really, of maverick people doing their own thing. You read of a community that supported one another. And under the church's anointing and authority, they went out to preach the gospel beyond Antioch, and they sailed to Cyprus, and that was Barnabas's hometown. He went to Paphos in Cyprus, and we know from earlier on in the Book of Acts, he used to be known as Joseph, and he came from this place. So he's coming back to his home, And you know what the Bible says, a prophet is seldom honored in his hometown. So I don't know what emotions Barnabas was feeling, probably a mixture of things. But Barnabas went there, he knew and was confident with Paul. God had sent him there. And we're told that they went and they started preaching the gospel in the Jewish gatherings, the synagogues. And word got out, it was like a fire started in Cyprus. So much so that the Roman ruler heard about it and he then invited Paul and Barnabas to come and explain what they were into. And so we're told in verse 7 that the ruler of Cyprus was a man called Sergius. He was a wise man and he asked Paul to explain the word of God more. So when we're about to read what we're going to read, let's remind ourselves Paul was invited. He didn't just kick the door in. He wasn't some ignorant fella who just was shoving something down someone's throat. Paul was a gentleman, but he wasn't a wuss. And Paul was willing to share God's word with him. And so Paul starts explaining to the ruler all that he knew about God and what was happening. And then we see one of the advisors, a guy, his full name, if you read it up, Elemus Bar-Jesus was his name. And he was far from Jesus. He was a witch. He practiced black magic. They were probably afraid of him because those who practice that have power. But the power of the Holy Spirit trumps all of that. Would anyone say Amen. The blood of Jesus will break every chain. You, if you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, if you're born again, you need never fear someone like a witch. Never. Because he that is within you is what? Greater than he that is in the world. Greater. So Paul wasn't afraid of him, but we read that this guy... One of the official advisors, a sorcerer named Elymas, opposed Paul and tried to turn the ruler away from the faith. Now, spiritual suicide is tragic. A lot of people commit spiritual suicide. What's that? They reject Jesus. I don't need Jesus. I have a good job. I have a comfortable life. I have Netflix. I have Amazon Prime. I have a few friends. I like to play sports. I like to go here. I don't know what it is, but a lot of people go, I'm okay. But you're not. You're not. If you don't have God in your life, you're not. You have a whole side of your being that is either illiterate or dead. And when you are offered the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ, and we reject it, we really commit spiritual suicide. But that's our choice. God doesn't force anything on anyone. However, if you try and drag other people down with you, then you really do bring a judgment on yourself. And that's what this guy did. He wasn't content just to reject it himself. He wanted to stop Sergius the ruler believing. So this stirred Paul's soul, and Paul knew this is something really serious. And what happens? Paul, we're told, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked at him intensely and said, now Paul would have been filled with the Holy Spirit on his conversion, But if you read through the Bible, you'll read consistently. The believers needed to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here the Holy Spirit came upon him anointed him. And he's full of the Holy Spirit. And what does he do? He stops talking. And he looks intensely at this guy. I tell you, if you were there, you'd be spooked. I mean, when Paul stopped talking and looked intensely, you knew something was about to happen. And then Following the silence and the intense look, Paul declares, You son of the devil. You see, his name was Bar-Jesus' surname, son of a savior. But Paul knew this guy had rejected it. It was name only. So he calls him for what he is. He was a son of the devil. You enemy of all that is right. You who are full of wickedness and deceit, stop trying to twist God's word. Paul was not politically correct. If you will, Paul called it out. There are times in our lives where we need to make a decision. Am I going to just please man? Or am I going to serve the audience of one? Because at the end of the day, you and I are called to please God. Would you say amen to that? That's who you're called to please. That's who I'm called to please. What people think is down to trends and fashion and all of that but this guy knew it so he calls him out and he calls it as it is and he says to him "No, the hand of the Lord is against you and you will be blind for a season Paul himself knew what it was to be blinded when he was full of darkness and God stopped him on the road to Damascus. Paul was blinded for three days. But that is what it took for him to repent, to call on God, to come into his life and to turn his life around. And those three days of darkness, though they were not a nice experience, it was a blessing because it brought life to Paul. So Paul knew what this possibly could do. We don't know whether this man came to know the Lord or not. not, It doesn't say, so we assume he didn't. But Paul blinded him just for a season, probably for a few days. And of course, immediately darkness came over him and he was blinded. Now, the darkness coming over him was a physical outworking of a spiritual reality. Sometimes that which is true in the spiritual crosses over into the physical. We, we know that even with our bodies. God help us, if people are really stressed and super um, tight, uptight, very often that crosses over, if you will, from one part of your experience into your body. And people can get sick that way physically sick. But it doesn't begin in the body. It begins in the mind. It begins in the soul. And here we see he had a darkness in his soul and then he lost his physical sight. Everyone there is looking and they all see whoa, this guy has suddenly been blinded. He was stopped in his opposition. Paul overcame the darkness. Paul moved on from that darkness that came into his experience by fighting the darkness and coming against it. And it began by him... Going silent and looking intensely at this man, we equally read, shortly before this, Paul was in another town. And in the square as he was preaching, we're told, in Acts 8, 9, he looked intensely at a lame man in the crowd and saw that he had faith to be healed. And so Paul prayed and the man was healed. But it began by this intense look. And the writer of the book of Acts, a guy called Luke, who was a doctor, he noticed these, if you will, tells these um, precursors to a work of God. And when you know someone well, let's say someone you know well and they go very silent, you know something is going to happen. Maybe there's going to be an argument. It's that type of thing. But when Paul would fall silent and just look intensely at someone, it's like there's no one else in the world, just him and that person. Everyone around him, including Luke, knew. God's going to move in power here. Something is going to happen. So what happened here? We can see he blinded one guy and he healed another guy through uh, the work of God. There are actually two gifts operating here. Last week we were praying that people would get the gift of tongues because it's something you can edify or build yourself up in. Here we see two more gifts of the Spirit operating. There are nine. You can read it in 1 Corinthians 12. The gift of discernment and the gift of faith. The gift of tongues is another gift of the spirit, prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, healing, miracles, and so on. The gift of discernment is when somebody can discern, can see that there's something evil going on or there's something really good going on. It's a supernatural gift. I like what Joyce Mayer says, uh, an American Christian writer and preacher. She says... Some people believe they have the gift of discernment, but they're just very suspicious in their nature. And and that's not the gift of discernment. Because it works both for seeing good and for evil. So someone is always suspicious. That's probably just the flesh. But the gift of discernment is supernatural. And you can begin to see what's really going on with this person or this situation. Sometimes you can go into a town and you can discern the spiritual atmosphere of that place. It's happened to me a few times. I've known different places where there's something really evil going on in a town and there's a heaviness in the town. Usually when you look it up either historically or in the present day, there's something of the occult going on there. Paul had the gift of discernment. He also had the gift of faith and this isn't saving faith the bible says it is by faith alone isn't it amen your future with the Lord and in heaven and mine is by faith alone. That's called saving faith. But in the Greek, we see slightly different words used for faith. And the Greek word used here is miraculous faith. In other words, it's a faith to go beyond what is in the physical. So Paul knew by faith that man was going to be healed. He knew by faith that this this, uh, evil man was going to be blinded to stop him uh, hindering this guy coming to faith. So this was the gift of discernment and supernatural faith. Maybe God will give you those gifts. Imagine if you had the gift of faith. I met a, a businessman years ago and he had the gift of faith and God had told him to start businesses, to put his time into businesses and he was a multimillionaire. But how God used him was he would donate a tithe From his profits and all of his business to different charities, sometimes to ministries and churches. And he just had a gift of faith. He knew that if he invested in this, it wasn't just something natural. It was something supernatural. And again and again and again, this man opened doors all over Europe. And it all began with the supernatural gift of faith. So maybe discernment or faith are gifts God wants for you to have. We're told in the Bible, the church needs to have people with all the nine gifts operating. Paul was operating in two of them. What was the result? One was a blessing and the other one, if you will, was a curse. The blessing was that man healed and Sergius who could now hear the word of God. The curse, if you will, was on the man who was evil and who opposed God's word. But even in the curse, it was only for a little while. Because God's heart is always to win people over to him. We'll say amen. God, God has a kind heart. He, wants, he doesn't want to, to, to people to suffer. But people bring it on themselves with their own choices. And some of us are here today. And it's like God is saying, do you want a blessing? Or do you want a curse? Choose ye this day the way you will go. Because if you serve God you will be blessed in the city, you will be blessed in the country, you will be blessed in the morning, you will be blessed at the night time, your children will be blessed, hallelujah. But if you choose to go against God, cursed will you be in the city, cursed will you be in the country, cursed will you be in the morning and in the night. It's so clear in the Old Testament and to a degree it's carried on into the New Testament. But Paul really wanted this guy to come to faith and maybe when he was blinded he would come to faith the way Paul did. But he had to stop it. So Paul overcame the darkness by fighting fire with fire. The result is that this ruler, Sergius, we're told in verse 12, believed what he saw when he saw what had happened and was astonished at God's word. It's that wonderful combination of the power of the Holy Spirit combined with God's eternal word that for thousands of years people have followed, people have believed, people have been blessed by. And this combination won this man Sergius over and you might be sitting there and maybe if you're new you're going alright boy it's just written in a book somewhere actually it's not if you go to Cyprus you can visit so many inscriptions that talk about a ruler called Sergius Paulus who became a Christ follower at that time and they've carbon dated and done all that stuff on the stones this is a historical fact hallelujah It is recorded in the Bible God's Word that's why we can trust the Word of God and we can see these inscriptions and the whole future of this island of Cyprus was transformed because the ruler became a Christian and even to this day you can see Christian influence in Cyprus even though they're surrounded by Islam all around yet in that place you can see how they really knew what it was for God to move in power and what this man Uh, decided had an impact for generations to come brothers and sisters we have a choice sometimes we have to fight fire with fire when the fire of hell comes into your family when the fire of hell comes into your workplace or your neighborhood or maybe the fire of hell is even encroaching upon your mental health Your physical health. You know what we need? If we try and fight that in our own strength, I will fail. You will fail. That's why we need the fire of the Holy Spirit. Because the fire of the Holy Spirit will overcome any fire of hell. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what we read here in the Bible. You see what was really going on? It was fight or flight. Sometimes we need to run from darkness. Joseph ran out of Potiphar's house because Potiphar's wife tried to sexually seduce him. He ran. That was the only way he could get away. Jesus also said, if you're persecuted in one town, run, flee to the next. Sometimes you and I are called to run from darkness. But today the Holy Spirit has put it on my heart to pray that some of us here are called to fight the darkness. And if there is a darkness has come into your experience... God will equip you. You will overcome. We're not called to be victims. We're called to be victors who say amen. We're more than a conqueror. So I'm not going to pray today for anyone to run. I'm going to pray today for those who know there's a darkness and God is saying, fight it. Maybe it's in your relationship. A darkness has come in. And you know you've got to fight it with God's holy fire. You pray, you fast, you go on your knees You fight the fire with God's good fire. So I'm going to pray for that in just a moment. But before I pray for that collective prayer, here's a word that is for someone individually. I don't know where you are. But as I was praying during the week, the Holy Spirit said to me, there will be someone here today who feels as weak as water. In your soul, you feel, I have no strength. I have failed. It's almost like you've given up on yourself. And you've come in here defeated. And rather than read a scripture, I'm going to read a word of testimony from a brilliant Christian preacher and author from Australia, a woman called Christine Kane. And I believe this is for someone here. She says, we stay so focused on our history, we don't step into our destiny. I am living proof you can start bad and finish good through Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't care what your start was like. I don't care how weak you've been recently. I don't believe no matter how defeated you are that you are defeated because the God of the Bible the God we know will lift you out of that place hallelujah and we're gonna pray today for someone who feels defeated to move away from your history and into your destiny so they're the two prayers we're gonna pray for can you stand with me please I'm gonna ask rather than put up the, the video could you put up the words of the song first Benny and then we can just put the the dove We're going to sing this song by the Irish band Rend Collective. And let's just sing it because it's exactly what I've been talking about. And then we're going to pray those two prayers. Julie. Wing! We... sisters, you can throw up the video, thanks Benny, so brothers and sisters, if you know you've got to fight the fire of hell that has come into your situation I don't want to over dramatize it you know there's a darkness god is saying we're going to pray the fire of the holy spirit will come upon you maybe revealing the different gifts of the holy spirit of discernment of faith of miracles of healing whatever is needed we're going to pray that now for you and if you're so if there's anyone here identifies with that can i ask you to lift up your hand where you stand you want prayer for the holy spirit i see your hands i see your hands praise god We're going to pray the Spirit of God will come upon you and give you the power to overcome. Amen. Just take down your hands for a moment. If there's anyone here and you know that the Lord is saying to you, you felt weak, but you know He's speaking to you today to say, you got to move out of your history and move forward into your destiny. God is saying, you're not a victim, you're a victor, you're an overcomer. If you know that's resonating in your soul, will you raise your hand? whoa okay I can see hands as well if you've identified with either of those prayer requests I'm gonna ask you if you're comfortable with it you don't have to but I'm gonna ask you to leave your seat and come forward Uh, we're gonna give a bit of space to each other but You leave your seat so you own the prayer, okay? That's why we do it. So I'm going to ask you to leave your seat, come forward, and then if there's anybody here from our prayer ministry team, if you wouldn't mind coming forward and just reaching out a hand to those who've come forward for prayer. That's it. Let's just gather before God. And we're going to pray and can I ask those of you who are in your seats would you pray for everyone who's up here maybe you'd raise a hand like that forward just to pray can I ask you guys to lift your hands up to the Holy Spirit lift them up come Holy Spirit for those of us who are facing a darkness in our lives, in work, in school, in the family, in the neighborhood, maybe even in ourselves. We pray now, O God, that the fire of the Holy Spirit would come upon us. We pray you would release the nine gifts of the Spirit and my brothers and sisters. Let them know the gift of tongues and prophecy and knowledge and wisdom and healing and miracles and faith and discernment. Come now, O God, and equip us and help us not to be afraid but to be men and women of courage. Let us have faces like lions to fight the fight you have called us to fight come now Holy Spirit and equip us in Jesus name and God's people said and let's pray for those who want to move out of their history and into their destiny you feel weak and God is saying the days of being a victim are numbered for you God wants you to be a victor Just lift your hands up to the Lord if you know you need God's strength to face what you're facing. I don't know, but God knows. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to help us to turn off the replay button in our minds. That we would turn and stop looking in the mirror at the past and that the history that is like a shadow over us today would stop now in jesus name and i pray oh god that the fear and the curse and oh God the anxiety and the stress that would come from history would stop for us in our generation and would not visit future generations in our family God help us to overcome and not be a victim but be a victor come Holy Spirit now and let your spirit move and hover and set our hearts and souls on fire so that we can climb the mountain. Is anything too difficult for you? We say it's not, and we say, God, through you I am able. I'm gonna ask everyone who wants to say that very short prayer to say it today. I'm gonna ask you to say it together. Through you, I am able. So let's say it at the count of three. And you is not me God forbid it's Jesus okay and it's through Jesus we are able let's just declare that out loud to God to ourselves to one another and to the devil through you I am able one two three through you I am able let's say it again through you I am able one more time through you I am able hallelujah 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 God is moving lift up your hands and receive the Holy Spirit there are gifts being given out here and now gifts of miracles and of healings just reach out and accept what God is doing Young Daniel, this is what the Lord would say to you as you're worshipping him, here and now, the Lord is opening up the door of heaven and God is going to give you the gift of miracles. Daniel, in your generation, you in a very humble way are going to be a cause of miracles to happen. And you will see the potential for miracles that can take place and God is going to release the unction the charism the anointing of a miracle worker into your life the deeper you grow with God Daniel the more God will release miracles in your soul this is what the Holy Spirit would say hallelujah hallelujah Glory to God. One more word and I'm just going to prophesy it out in tongues and God is going to give me the interpretation. Hasandozado vitel, machicha ardmosta, itanuzun khandovun, ele barates kuznaznate, vitere buchka ele sekrolam, a rutski etoznazdo kembardo il kestea. You have come here today, and in your soul you have said, it's over. That relationship has hurt me so much, and your heart is pierced, and your confidence is low, and you can't see a way forward. And your God would say to you, I am the God who raises the dead to life. And even though you feel dead, And you are saying in your heart, who could ever love me now? And the one who loves you with a passion is saying to you, the love that is facing you in the future... Is so much greater than any so-called love you have received in the past because the God of love is opening up a door of opportunity for you where you will find the love of your life you will find the one you are to marry you will become and you will know the one who God has in store for you so lift up your eyes And don't listen to the lie of the devil when he says you are unlovable because the living God says to you you are a treasure you are a great find and the one who falls in love with you will thank God every day of their lives for finding you have faith today because the Lord is only beginning to do a great work in this area of your life This says the Lord Amen Amen Praise God Amen We're going to sing this song before we officially close You can go back to your seats but I'm going to ask you to remain standing But can I plead with you The Holy Spirit doesn't stop working when you leave this place You bring him home with you He comes to your kitchen He goes into your car He's with you in the supermarket or on the street. He comes into your bedroom at night. Let the Holy Spirit stay with you and let him continue the work that's begun here today. Let's sing this before we close. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Let's sing it and declare it as we close our gathering. Julie.
1: Come set your rule.
0: atmosphere where you go into so that you and the people you love would be blessed are we going to pray that for the week ahead if you want that prayer just lift your hands to heaven we pray oh God wherever we go if we come into our home or our workplace or the local shop or the local street, that the atmosphere we go into would begin to change because you go before us who say amen And we pray that something inside of us that is of you would enhance the atmosphere further. Oh God, we pray you'd protect us and bless us this coming week. Thank you for being here with us today. Would you bless and protect the people we love? And oh God, keep us safe until we gather unto your name again this day next week. We pray in Jesus' name. And for the last time this morning, the people of God said amen thank you facebook instagram thank you everyone in the hall here down in cafe church space up in the atrium god bless you the guys are going to play us out coffee